This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are switching gears from the political to nutrition. So when it comes to our food, we know that what we eat impacts our health and our well-being. And many of us are trying really hard to eat healthy. So is it worth opting for locally grown, organically grown, free range, free run, all those things? Uh, They are all more expensive than the regular food. And right now I have Richard Bazinet. He's a professor of nutrition at the University of Toronto, and he set out to determine whether or not grass-fed meat was in fact healthier than the typical grain or corn-fed meat, and he's here right now, and he joins me. Richard, thank you for joining us, and welcome. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Okay, so tell us how you conducted this research and what your conclusion was. So first of all, people have to realize I'm a scientist, and I have access to specialized equipment, so I can measure things that you can't do at home. Specifically, I can measure these fats that are sometimes called good fats, omega-3s, and some of the other fats that are a little more controversial. So, you know, I've been hearing a lot about this as people are probably wondering, you know, grass-fed, grain-fed, what is it, what are the differences? And interested in this from from my perspective of fat. So I went around to basically 15 stores or farmer's markets and I just asked them, I said, give me a steak, do you have anything grass-fed? And I took their word for it. And um, some people said yes, some people said no, and I took them back and I analyzed. What I found was... And, and this was known, I guess what I should say is what I confirmed was that the dramatic difference in the fat composition between grass-fed beef and kind of grain-fed or conventional beef, the the amount of omega-3s is, is quite a bit more in the grass-fed beef. As opposed to what kind of fat is in the grain-fed? Yeah, so the, so the grain-fed really, we feed most animals grain, we really mean corn, and corn really high in this omega-6 fat that some people disagree with me, but I think we probably get a little bit too much in our diet. And it's, there's almost no omega-3s in it. So, you know, there's different ways to do the math, but we'd say there's 10 or 20 times more threes in the, the grass-fed beef. And I was affirm that. And the other thing we do is we looked at 15 of meat from the local Toronto kind of thing. Not a lot. But the one that where they knew that it was grass-fed and my instrument said, wait a second, I, I don't think that that's entirely true. Oh, okay. So, so basically, the good news is that that people are telling us the truth about what is fed to these animals. Yes, absolutely. And you know, that was one thing. So we've had now, uh, you know, we've been doing this a little bit more, and I've had lots of farmers dropping off samples, and even butchers dropping off samples to get things checked, and, and everything seems to be checking out. It looks like people claiming to be grass-fed or pasture-raised really, really are. Let's talk a bit about those omega-3 fats, just in terms of what they actually are. And uh, you you tested beef, but there are other places to get omega-3 fats. So tell us a bit about yeah, them, so, please. So the omega-3 fats are, are, generally speaking, they're the fats that 
um, are considered kind of the most healthy in the spectrum of fats. You've got saturated fats and, and butters, kind of the famous example there. You've got monounsaturated fats and olive oil is the classical example. And then you've got these polyunsaturates and there's the omega-6s, which I alluded to earlier that I think we probably get a little too much of in our diet, and the omega-3s, which a lot of people don't think uh, get enough of. And the most famous source for the omega-3s are fish. Uh, salmon. Salmon being being the textbook example. Uh, and and that's, you know, the the samples I've analyzed never quite reach the amount in a salmon. And, and that's a fact. But but salmon's got some issues with it. There, there's only so much fish in the sea. Uh, there's agricultural or aquacultural methods trying to, trying to get around this. And some people just don't like it. And some people just want to eat uh, meats. And so the idea here is, are there actual um, meats that when we feed the animals different things, we can change their composition and make them a bit healthier? Uh-huh. And if you are able to eat grass-fed meat all the time, does that mean you can eat more meat? So this is a is a great question. And it's actually the question I have, and we're starting to, to look at this from, from in terms of the comp- composition. So one thing we know is that in general, uh, diets high in meats are not healthy. Diets high in processed meats are kind of very unhealthy. And then high in meats, it gets a little more gray. And and the question I have is, well, what if we change those meats into meats with more omega-3s? Does that change? And I I don't know the answer to that. We we don't have the definitive studies. But by looking at the composition of these and saying, well, how much more omega-3s are in these meats? And then by comparing those numbers to other published studies that have looked at other sources, we get some signals. and, And it would suggest that they would be, you know, not you know, this isn't a home run nutritionally, but it's, I think it's a significant change. Okay, I'm going to give the numbers out again, uh, people. If you have questions for Richard Bazinet about the difference between grain-fed and uh, grass-fed, uh, and not just in terms of beef, but other foods too, and whether it's worth it, and uh, he is a professor of nutrition, so if you have other nutritional questions. I'm sure he can take a stab at them. The number is 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And uh, Richard, this isn't your area of expertise, but there's a big difference in price between those things, grass-fed, grain-fed. Approximately how much is it? So I think as with the fat composition that varies a lot, uh, the price varies a lot. I've seen things that I would say are... Um, you know, even the, the price of a steak varies quite a bit. You can you can go to one shop in one market and find it, you know, five dollars, or you can find it up to thirty dollars. I'd say that they can be anywhere from twenty percent higher in price to two hundred percent higher in price, depending on exactly what you're looking for and, and what your comparator is against it. And when you did your research. Did you see, like, what were the most expensive ones the best in terms of the omega-3 content? Was there a relationship there? So Absolutely not. In, in fact, I'd say it was the exact opposite. So I went to a, a fairly high-end butcher, and I bought the, the most expensive steak they happened to have, which was, was grain-fed. And I want to say it was, it was in was the grain-fed. It was grain-fed, grain fed, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was the most expensive one, which had almost no omega-3. So, so there's absolutely no relationship there. But in terms of the, the grass-fed ones, the more ex- were the more expensive grass-fed ones better than the cheaper grass-fed ones? No, absolutely not. One thing that price might be related to is maybe the quality of the meat in terms of the flavor. Uh, some people putting a little more effort into these systems uh, that drive up their costs a little bit and, and make a better product. 
Uh, it might be related that way, but absolutely no relationship between the cost of the the steak and the amount of omega threes in it. Well, it doesn't the the whether it's grass or corn doesn't that determine the flavor a bit? That has a huge effect on the flavor, and and this is one of the things I wrote an article about yesterday, encouraging people to try. You know, people always ask me, does it taste better? And that's a very complicated question because you and I probably don't agree on a handful of foods, which ones we like or not. And I encourage people. Go out and try it and compare the two and, and see see what you like. And would would one taste – you know, there's a difference in the taste of lean meat and fat meat. Does Do, do grass-fed meat, do they taste leaner? I, I don't think so. Maybe the term would be gamier, but I think there's, again, a lot of variety in, in the grass-fed products. They, the worst steak I've had is grass-fed and the best steak I've had is grass-fed. Okay, uh, let's go to the phones. We've got Dina in Toronto. Hi, Dina. Oh, hi. Yeah, hi, Libby. It's Dina. Uh, I would like to speak to a professor about the organic food because my sons, they buy a lot of organic food and pay lots of money, you know. I was wondering, is it worth buying organic or, uh, you know, is it really organic or is it just, uh, you know, price hike? I don't know. Yeah, that's a great question. And everything's kind of a little complicated here because you can buy organic junk food, literally, right? And and so I think we have to be careful with these things. I think the, the spirit of the organic movement uh, in terms of meats and vegetables is good. Uh, but, you know, an organic tomato versus a, a, a regular tomato, not much of a difference in its nutritional composition. The, the key is which one are you going to eat and is, can that be a motivating factor for you to choose it or not. But we have to be very careful picking foods just on, on the basis of, of a term like organic because there are some pretty poor quality products out there. Yeah, and, the, and the, you know, meeting the standard of what is, you know, what the government will say is organic, that's a whole other issue. Uh, I'm just going to give you a little bit of information because there is a group in the States and I think they're called the Environmental, uh, maybe even Environmental Protect. Anyway, they come out with a list every year and it's called... Uh, the clean 15 and the dirty 15. And basically what they say is that if – and it measures pesticide in the, uh, in, in the fruit and vegetables. And that's basically what you're trying to avoid with organic uh, food. So they basically say um, here are 15 things that are really dirty that have a lot of pesticides. Apples are usually at the top of the list, and it's worth it for you to buy organic apples. But then they say, here are things that are pretty clean, that are pretty free of pesticides. And I, off the top of my head, I'm forgetting what's at the top of that list. And they say, those things, you know, maybe you'll be just as well off buying conventional. Right. So, what, is there a website for this? Yeah, call? if you Google uh, "clean fifteen or "dirty 15, you'll you'll find it. And and Richard, do you have anything to say about that? No, I I, th- I think you've you've nailed that one right there. Right. But I just I just want people to to be aware that these definitions are not always what you might think they might be. And and then my my little concern, which I, I wrote about yesterday, is sometimes. People forget to, to just enjoy the food, and, and they're searching, you know, I, I need to buy an, an organic tomato.
tomato, whereas whereas a regular tomato might be a pretty good choice compared to compared to those bag of potato chips that are organic. Yeah, and I think the tomatoes that I grow in my backyard are more organic to the ones you buy in the store. <laughs> I I'm sure of that too. I'm, I'm sure, sure of that. But when do you harvest those? We have to wait. Oh, I know. You have to wait till the end of August, maybe. Well, exactly. I can't wait. I want a tomato I, now. I know. I know. Me too. I, okay. Thanks uh, very much for your help, and I look up that website. Thank okay, you very much. thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks very much. Um, there's a lot of confusion around organic, and it's kind of a buzzword. Yes, absolutely. You know, like I said, the spirit of these things is always nice. They have a nice intention. Then essentially what happens is marketing people take over and they they start flapping the term organic on on all kinds of products. And I get lost in this. If your consumers listening to this uh, are getting confused, I'm absolutely confused by this all the time. I see, you know, you can buy organic sugars. And I'm not convinced. Sugar is a sugar to me. It doesn't matter if it's organic or not. The the you know something we probably overeat a little bit in our diets, and it doesn't matter if it's organic or not. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of interesting. Uh, and do you uh, buy certain things organic and leave the rest? No, I, I don't. Uh, what what I try and focus on my diet on is is buying real foods. So so actual things that aren't in boxes or cans or, or haven't been pre-put together. And I like to handle that myself. So in the grocery store, I like to stick around the outside aisles of the grocery store. Always good advice. And, and you know, I have a bit of an advantage. I walk by some fruit stands and, and some uh, fish market and some things on my walk home. So I get to pop in there and a couple farmers markets. And I, I try and focus on the, the whole foods approach. Well, that's right. Um, I think we have time for one more call. So let's go to Steve and Bramley. Hi, Steve. Good afternoon. How are you today? Fine. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm just calling about the word organic. Yeah. Go ahead. My mind has a difficult time coming to grips with how does anybody sell organic when the rain that feeds these plants comes through the air, which is polluted to hell and back. Yeah, so it's a good question, and I think everything's a bit of a spectrum. So there's no doubt there's some pollution in the air, and, and you got to be very careful when you talk about chemicals in, in plants. And we've been talking about tomatoes, so I'll stick to the tomato. I have no idea how many chemicals are in a tomato. Naturally, maybe 10,000 or so. The general idea and the spirit of this term is that some of the, the, the pesticides and the chemicals used in farming will be um, um, less in in the products that are that are labeled organic and those are the ones we know about we've characterized them a bit more and we've we've tried to decrease them in these foods but but you're absolutely right that this isn't this isn't clear yeah yeah i don't even i don't even look i just buy what's on the shelf and uh basically you know i look at it and say hey it all gets fed from the same streams and the same rain and yeah, I agree that I Well, understand. some of it is irrigated, right? Uh, yeah. Where's the irrigation come from? Well, you can use cleaner water, yeah, presumably. But, but, but again, how do you stop the rain? That All I'm saying is I don't bother with the term organic when I'm buying because everybody gets the rain. Okay. 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 Thanks a lot for that. Okie doke. Bye-bye. Okay. And that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today. Richard Bazinet, thank you so much for dropping by. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.